So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations. Uh, on this, the 12th of December, it's the third Sunday in Advent. My name is John Keeley, and help me to present and produce the program again today. Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we doing? Good. Thanks a lot, Shane. Thanks a lot for joining me and also our listeners who are uh, visitors from various parts of the world, hopefully more from Limerick these days. I'll come to that in a second. But, um, yeah, for those of, of our listeners who join us each week, who continue to pray for us, and I know you pray for us because otherwise we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, we especially, of course, as usual, want to welcome our listeners who are housebound. It's very important that we don't forget these people who can't get out of their house and maybe can't access resources of one type or another. So we, we're, we're delighted to offer you this resource today. And we hope that you'll stay with us for the rest of the, uh, of, the of the podcast. Our weekly podcast includes interviews, chat and faith topics, uh, inspirational music, and reflection on the Sunday Gospel. All of our podcasts can be heard at comeandseeinspirations.bussprout.com. Just Google Come and See Inspirations, and you find us there. Also on Spotify and iTunes, and on Facebook page, Come and See Inspirations. Just to remind us, listeners, again, that we can also be accessed through the Limic Diocesan website. Uh, go to the podcast section there, Limic Diocesan website, and you find all of our, uh, our current and also our historical podcast there. That's on limicdiocese.ie. You can contact us, and please do so, by texting 87 or come and see inspirations at gmail.com. That's texting 087-6088-667 or email inspirations at gmail.com. So at this stage, I'd like to hand over to Shane, who's going to maybe share some what's happening around the place, especially in terms of Saints for the Week this week. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, John. So today is, of course, the, sun, the third Sunday of Advent. It's the uh, 12th of December. And for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week three for the coming week, which is obviously proper for the season of Advent. Uh, today is Gaudate Sunday. So it is the Sunday, it is Rejoice Sunday, which comes from the intro or the introductory little psalm bit at the, ta- at the start of Mass, uh, which is a reminder to us that Lent isn't necessarily a penitential season. It's not quite, it, or, sorry, Advent isn't a penitential season. Uh, it's not like Lent. Um, and technically, the colour of Advent is actually kind of blue as opposed to purple. Blue, of course, very much associated with the Virgin Mary, because it is the season of expectation and waiting and hope, reminding us of Mary waiting to give birth to the child. So today you will see the rose candle being lit on the Advent wreath. And for those of you fortunate enough in some parishes, your PP or your priest might actually be wearing rose-coloured vestments. They are worn twice a year, the third Sunday of Advent, and I think it's the fourth fourth Sunday of Lent, which is La Pare Sunday. So that's in terms of liturgical bits we have for this week. So in terms of the Saints of the Week, um, just to note, uh, for those that have devotion to uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, because the 12th December falls on a Sunday, technically it's not celebrated this year, unless, of course, your parish happens to be dedicated to Our Lady. But even then, the third Sunday of Advent still takes the precedence. Monday, the 13th December, is the feast day of St. Lucy, very famous saint in the early church, 
one of the early virgin martyrs, and she was martyred around 304 in Sicily during the persecution of Diocletian. Lucy is up there with Agnes and Agatha because she is one of the few women that is mentioned in the canon or the Eucharistic prayer one of the liturgy. Um, also on the Irish calendar, we celebrate the feast day of St. Finian. Finian is associated with Carlo and also uh, he studied in Wales and he eventually settled in Clonard in, Clonard in Meath around 520 AD where he established uh, a school and included amongst his scholars were Brendan and Colum Killam, and he died in 549 AD, and he's remembered as the tutor to the saints of Ireland, so that's St. Finian. Tuesday the 14th of uh, December is the feast day of St. John of the Cross, priest and doctor of the church, one of the great Carmelite saints and mystics. We associate John, of course, with his great prayer and poem, um, The Ascent of Mount Carmel, and very much associated with John is the, uh, the, the understanding of mysticism and particularly what we call the dark night of the soul. John was very much involved, he died in 1591, he was very much involved with St. Teresa of Avila in the reform of the Carmelite order and suffered immensely for it, including being put in prison by his own fellow friars who objected to the reforms that he was leading. Um, he was a man of prayer, an outstanding poet. Um, his writings are some of the earliest pieces of classical Spanish that are available. And he is a writer, he's a spiritual writer who was declared a doctor of the church. So that is John of the Cross, who we celebrate on the 14th of December. On the 15th of December, we celebrate the feast of St. Sylvia of Constantinople. Now, this is she's an unusual. Considered the most learned woman of her day, and she fought against many heresies, and she died in 420 AD. Then on Thursday the 16th, we have the feast day of Blessed Mary Fontanella. Oh, I went a bit far of the field to find this woman. Mary Maria Fontanella of the Angels, she's known. She's an Italian saint, born of Italian nobility, uh, of Santina in Italy. Um, she joined the Cistercians, but her father died, so she had to return home. And uh, she had to look, at, look after the family. Uh, four years later, over the protests of her family, she joined the Carmelites in Turin. And she was a visionary and uh, a mystic. And she was the victim of numerous demonic attacks as well. And she eventually founded a Carmelite monastery herself at, at Montcalieri in Italy. And she was noted for her strong devotion to St. Joseph. Finally, then, Friday the 17th, we have the feast day of St. Modestus of Jerusalem. Uh, so Modestus, he was orphaned at the age of five months, sold into slavery in Egypt as an adult, where he converted his owner to Christianity and was promptly freed. He returned to the Holy Land and became the monastery of St. Thesodosius in Palestine. He tried to raise Greek troops to oppose the Persian invasion and the destruction of Jerusalem 614 AD. And eventually he was chosen as the bishop of the Greek Orthodox Patriarch of Jerusalem, where he helped to rebuild the city after its conquest and damage by the Persians. And he died in 630 AD and is buried in the Church of the Ilona on the Mount of Olives. Finally, then, Saturday, the 18th of December, is the feast day of St. Flannan, who's very much associated on the Irish calendar with uh, Killaloo. He's a 7th century saint, was the son of the king of Tomond, and he entered Mula's monastery at Killaloo and became abbot there. He's remembered as a great preacher. 
Now, of course, we note going forward from the 17th of December that in particular we pay greater attention to the liturgies for Advent and in particular the liturgies of the hour, which become very, what is called, proper to the season. So the saints take kind of a much uh, a more of a back seat to between the 17th and the 24th of December. And in particular, of course, from a liturgical point of view, the 17th of December, we start the great old antiphons, which are the antiphons which are during Vespers or evening prayer. And they're particularly a set of antiphons uh, which are particular to Advent from the 17th to the 24th. Now, most ordinary listeners will know the ad, will know the will know them will know the O antiphons because they are actually uh, used to form the verse of the traditional Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And um, so th that's that's where you get kind of uh, your 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 introduction to it. And of course, the interesting thing about it is they focus on the tr the, the the history and the tradition of the Old Testament in the lead up to Christmas. Um, you know, Key of David. Uh, root of Jesse's, um, you know, titles very much attributed to Jesus, particularly taken from the Old Testament. So, John, that's what we have from a liturgical point of view for this week. Shane, thank you very much indeed for that. So just one or two notices just to bring to listeners' attention. First of all, our good friend and the programme here, Father Seamus Enright from Mount St. Alphonsus in Limerick, asked us to remind listeners of their Christmas hamper appeal being held, held again this year entitled Food on Every Table. Each Christmas, the Perpetual Help Fund provides 6,000 food hampers to children, to families in need. Throughout the year, they support organisations working to alleviate food poverty and are founding members of the Limerick Food Partnership. The generosity of the people of Limerick City, County and surrounding areas and the careful stewardship of donations throughout the years and the receipt of some significant bequests has resulted in additional funds. These funds are used to support food poverty initiatives as well as helping to meet social and educational needs of the most vulnerable. So the donation uh, drop-in centre is open in the monastery from Monday to Saturday 9.30am to 4pm and people can also donate online, and that's on www.redshampers.ie. That's www.redshampers.ie. The donation drop-in centre for the monastery, Monday to Saturday, 9.30am to 4pm. Now, there's a, a, lot, a nice series of reflections um, been organised for this week. It's entitled A Time to Reflect, Online Christmas Reflections. Um, on Tuesday next, the 14th of December at 8pm, making space for new. Dr. Jesse Rogers offers that reflection. On Wednesday, the 15th of December, again at 8pm, Sister Betty Baker offers a reflection, creating connections at Christmas. On Thursday, the 16th of December, again at 8pm, Sister Helen Coulhan reflects on finding light in darkness, grieving at Christmas. And finally, on Friday, the 17th of December at 8pm, uh, Sharon Callopy offers a reflection on my Christmas moments. So that's Monday, Tuesday, sorry, excuse me, that's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week, 8pm. To register, you need to go on to the link on the Diocesan website, which is survey, surveymonkey.com slash Christmas underscore reflections. But if you go on to the Limic Diocese uh, website, 
and you'll, you'll find all the information there or contact the Limic Diocese Direct. So, Shane, at this stage, uh, have you got any notices you want to let us know about yourself, please? Just the one, John, actually, just to remind people about Advent at the Abbey at Glenstall. So the talks are, um, well, you can, you, can, you can book in to, to, to attend in person or you can watch them online via the streaming the camera uh, from Glenstall. And they start at 3.30 on Sunday. So the talk is from 3.30 to 4.30. And actually this Sunday, the talk is being given by our friend of the program, Father Martin Brown. Um, so just if people wanted to, to, to tune in. So at this point of, uh, of our podcast here, I might offer a spiritual communion prayer. And this is for those who again maybe are afraid or can't receive Jesus at Mass uh, these Sundays. And this is the prayer we always offer. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So at this point of the programme, we might go for our first bit of music. And this being the third Sunday in Advent, the piece of music we've chosen is Gabriel's Message. So come back and join us again in part two, where we're joined by Father Frank Dewey, um, the parish priest of Newcastle West here in County Limerick, who's going to offer his thoughts on uh, Advent. So come back and join us again in part two. The Drifted snow, his arms aflame. All hail, said he, the lowly maiden Mary, most highly favored lady. For no blessed mother. Generations, Lord, and honor thee. Thy Son shall be Emmanuel, my seeds foretold, most highly favored
So welcome back again to our podcast here on Come and See Inspirations. Uh, today, we're delighted to welcome back into the studio Father Frank Dewey from Newcastle West Pars. Thanks for joining us, Father Frank, and you're very welcome. You're very welcome, John. Thank you. I asked Father Frank to come in and join us today to maybe give us his thoughts on Advent. So, Father Frank, where would you like to go? Yeah, the, um, the strange thing about Advent is, obviously, we see this preparing for Christmas, but... Um, uh, Advent talks a lot about the end of the age, is the phrase that, that's used. And uh, the text I would like to pick from Luke chapter 21, verse 33, is heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. That's a very strange comment. The heaven passing away is bothering you, John. Talk to me about it. <laughs> well, I actually looked it up in the Jerome, the most prestigious commentary there is, and it calls it a Semitic idiom, a Semitic saying. Uh, even you know, even if the sky and the earth pass away, you know that's what he's saying. And you know, we shouldn't be too surprised at that because that has made its way into our language. Don't you hear people saying, well, I'll move heaven and earth to achieve this? Same thing, same thing. Um, but he's talking there about that some, a lot of things change, but his word will not change. That's kind of the theme I would like to follow. And, and, and if you think of it, John, you know, so much has changed. So much has collapsed. Like if you go back to the Old Testament, the temple in Jerusalem, the, into the New Testament times, the temple in Jerusalem, considered one of the seven wonders of the world at the time, was destroyed and left with the Wailing Wall, which I'm sure you're familiar with, John. I, I know you are. Um, and then if you jump right across the centuries and in more modern times, we had the collapse of the great, Celtic tiger, the collapse of an economy and the banking system that many thought were here to stay, we know what happens. As well as collapsing, these pillars, as many saw them, brought in their wake a great deal of insecurity as well. Jobs were lost, John. Mortgages taken out in the good days started to cripple people. Pensions funds collapsed. COVID? I knew you were going to mention it, John. COVID. And now we have COVID. Last year came our friend COVID. Not just an epidemic, 
but a pandemic right across the whole world. And again, this pandemic has taught us that much of what we have taken for granted can so easily pass away. Some things will never be the same again. And I think now people will probably talk in terms in everyday language of pre-COVID and post-COVID. It'll become a landmark in our uh, reflecting on things. Many people sadly died of COVID with loved ones not even there. Who would have believed that if you said a few years ago that loved ones would die and they couldn't, the family couldn't go to see them in hospital? Many people lost their jobs and so forth. So we're not as secure as we thought we were. No, John, we're not. The point I'm making is that we haven't much control as those events over the last few decades should have taught us. And not only have we not got much control, but very few things are guaranteed security and guaranteed to last. As Jesus says in my opening quote, heaven and earth will pass away. Many things will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So that's one of the lessons really of Advent. Yes, John. Mm. In this sense, we see Advent as preparing for Christmas, Christ's first coming. And of course, it is about uh, preparing for that. But if you look through the Advent readings, you will notice that in early Advent, especially in the first two weeks, the Word of God speaks more about the final coming at the end of the age. And I think there's a good insight there, John, for us in life. And let me take a very simple, practical example or image that we can all relate to. John, if you were going uh, on a journey, especially any kind of a distance, wouldn't where you are going, in other words, your destination, dictate a lot of things? First, what time you would leave and what provisions you would bring and what preparations you would make and so forth. And if you look at our faith life as a journey, which is often the case, as you know, John, in spiritual writing, a faith journey. And if we decide that our destination will dictate how we prepare and go about that faith journey, that is the pattern that we find in the word of God in Advent. To go back to our experience in recent decades, Jesus would say, do not worry at all about these things that don't last. Keep your eye on where you are going and I will guide you through my word. I'm obviously there putting words into the mouth of Jesus, but very much in line with what he, he did say. The Lord continues to speak to us in good times and in bad. COVID or whatever else. And the Lord's word is the constant. That's what he's saying. The Lord follows every step of our way. And no matter what we experience or what sentiments are in our hearts, the word of God is something relevant to say to where we are at. You're very taken by, by the word of God, Father Frank. Yeah, the and, power, and, and the, the, power, the power of God's yeah. word, you know. 
you know that from the Lexio Divina, John, you know, like it's, um, but I, 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 I got involved in Lexio Divina about over 20, nearly 25 years ago now. And I, I've, it has grown uh, to be more and more part of my life. And for people who don't know what Lexio Divina is, it's relating the word of God to our everyday lives. Yeah. Uh, you're right, John, I am taken by it. And a very clear picture that emerges in Scripture, in the Word of God, is of a God who desires to communicate and invites a response from us. The Lord is never silent. We may not hear him, but he's never silent and he's never caught for words. When I say he's never silent and never caught for words, what I'm saying is the Word of God is ever fresh, ever new, all always relevant and we can apply it in so many different ways uh, to our lives. So, Father Frank, do you think that listening to the God's Word today is problematic? I certainly do, John, and I think it would be less than honest to, to acknowledge that. It, it is, and that's part of the problem today about, you know, the faith struggling a bit, is that there are so many noises invading our lives uh, today so many voices competing for our attention and and they're doing so very forcefully and quite compellingly. And I would say more forcefully and more compellingly than I realize it, it, because I'm not into the world of social media, but there is a lot of competition there for our attention. And it's hard to hear what has been called by spiritual writers the gentle voice of God in the middle of all of that noise. But when you do decide to make that space, it can be so, so meaningful. So really what you're saying, Father Frank, is that Advent, it's, it's really inviting us to listen to the Word of God. Yeah, that's, I mean, I could have spoken about many things about Advent, but this is the one that I just, you asked me to, to pick yeah, some angle. Yeah. And um, uh, Advent... Then, you see, we shouldn't forget either. Like, we're, we, we all have New Year coming up, but Advent is the beginning of the church's year. Yeah. So we start again at the beginning of Advent. And therefore, it's an ideal time to look at our destination and follow the best roadmap. Back to our destination thing, what I said earlier. And the best roadmap is the ever-fresh, ever-living, ever-meaningful Word of God. That's my... You know, Contention. my my thoughts, just as you were reading that, um, that Father Frank and just reflecting that back to us, and my experience of Lecture Divina, mm -hmm. you don't really have to have need to have a PhD in, oh, no, no. in bibliology or know everything no. or word of the gospel. The, 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 what I hear coming through from your reflections today is that word listening. listening. I've got to listen to the word oh, of yeah. God. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and it's, uh, And you listen... John, with the ears of your heart. Yeah. That, you know, the, one of my favourite images, I may well have said this to you before, John, is the sacred heart picture, where an artist creates the impression with Jesus pointing a statue or a picture, mm. his finger pointing to the heart. In many ways, that is a summary of the whole gospel of Jesus, you know, because he reduced it all to love God and love your neighbour, you know. And um, so it's not just listening. And you mentioned the PhD, in fact, I hope there's no PhD listening to me now that, that, Sorry, that thinks that. But, but <laughs> yeah. the PhD could be a barrier. Yeah. 
to Lexio Divina. So it's not a question of intelligence at all. It's a question of someone who is interested in listening to what God has to say to us and to our experience at this time. And if he came today, he'd have nothing new to say. He would talk uh, in different language. Instead, of t- if he was came to Ireland today, he wouldn't be talking about shepherding sheep and that. Yes. He'd probably talk about social media and all that. But he, he was a great teacher. He picked his examples from the world around him. But um, yes, listening, listening, listening. But isn't that the first, one of the first things every parent teaches a child? Right. Are you listening to me? That's right. That's yeah. right. How That's many right. times do we hear a parent telling the child to go up and tidy your room? And the child doesn't go, are you listening to me? God has said the same thing. The one thing that's always got me about Lecture Divina too has been that when I allow myself to be open to the Word of God, I'm surprised at how relevant it is to my own life. Oh, yeah, yeah, you see. But it, and but you go back there to the fact that it's the Word of God. God addresses our truth, our real situation. God's Word is not pie in the sky. He knows he, us. He knows us. <laughs> and he addresses us. And the thing is that what you could read a piece of scripture, John, and it says something to you and speaks beautifully to you, to some part of your experience. And if you were to underline that, say, in your New Testament, you know, and then you come around reading that part of scripture again, maybe six months later, you know, and you've been underlining, you wonder why you underline it, because there's another line beside it that you're now underlining. But the way I look at that, like, is he, he, he talked about the word of God as a seed. The, the seed, the first seed six months ago has taken root. It's gone in. He has, it's, it's gone into the heart okay. if you gave it the space and the time. Mm. Now there's, here's another one to say that you didn't see it all the first time. Mm. And you could go back a thousand times and it'll say something new to you if you're listening, listening, listening. And it's like, you know, the seed, if you decide, I, I probably used this example here before. Mm. It's one of my favorite yeah. ones. If you decided to be lazy, and instead of sowing the, the, the flowers or the potatoes yeah, or whatever yeah. in the garden, you said, I'll throw them down here in the concrete. There's no digging. <laughs> you know what it happened. You know, yeah, and that's yeah. what happens to the Word of God. Quite a deal for not listening. So you're absolutely right. We listen. We, we listen primarily with the ears of our hearts. And it because Advent, of course, is, um, is the time to prepare ourselves for the coming of Jesus. Yes, right. And so even more than ever uh, to be able to to be open, to listen to whatever has been uh, the Lord is trying to speak to me during this time so as I mm. can get more out of Christmas. I'm not talking about more presents and all yes, that yeah. sort of stuff, mm. but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about somebody used the word to me now the other day, the, the, the joy, mm. not happiness, but the joy. Oh, yeah. I, I've been able to, wow. But, but God will only speak to me in the way I, John can understand that. That's right. You often told us, and that's the thing that I've always taken away from next year, myself and you and a few more, 20 or 30 of us can read the same piece of scripture, but all get something different. That's right. Because he speaks to where we're at, yeah. to our experience, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's right. And you talked about the joy there, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, on this this Sunday, we're celebrating yeah, Gaudete Sunday, yeah, yeah, yeah. where the emphasis is on the joy of being a follower of Christ. Yeah. I know we said we wouldn't use this word resolution, but I'm going to use this word resolution now. But one of the resolutions, if one wants to pick something to do for the rest of Advent, for the few weeks that are left, is to listen. To, it's yeah. just to be open. Just yeah. let it happen. Yeah, and um, and we must create that bit of wilderness or desert, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you must have that. 
Otherwise, the noises of the world will crowd it out. God doesn't compete with the noises of the world. He waits patiently. Mm. But it's amazing what he has to say when we shut out the noises and open our hearts to him. And, you know, it doesn't take that much. I mean, whether that can be maybe last thing at night or, or first thing in the morning, it's a lovely time, actually, to you know spend that little bit of time by yourself. You might be reading a bit of scripture, but you might just be open to whatever the word of God's going to say. Oh, yeah, just yeah. give me five or ten minutes, and I'm surprised what little mm. thing comes up. And later on during the day, mm. where did I get that from? Oh yeah, that from. that's right. Yeah. Let's see it again. And as I said there earlier, he's never silent. He's never stuck for what I say that. So now we might go for a second piece of music on the podcast today, and it's funny the way the reflection went because a piece of music that I've decided to play uh, to play us out in this part is. Be still for the presence of the Lord. Lovely. So we'll go out and hear this and come back and join us again in part three where we read and reflect on the Word of God. So welcome back again to the third part of our podcast here on Commerce Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. I'm still joined by Father Frank Dewey. This is the most important part of any um, 
any work we do here on, the, on our podcast is we will read and reflect on the Word of God. And before <coughs> that, there's a prayer we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture, and I'll pray that one this morning. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So now we'll invite Father Frank to share the Gospel for us today, read the Gospel for us, and it's the third Sunday, as Father Frank told us, uh, taken from, gospel, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verse 10 to 18. Thanks, Father Frank. Okay, John. When all the people asked John, what must we do? He answered, if anyone has two tunics, he must share with the man who has none. And the one with something to eat must do the same. There were tax collectors too who came for baptism, and these said to him, Master, what must we do? He said to them, Exact no more than your race. Some soldiers asked him in their turn, What about us? What must we do? He said to them, No intimidation, no extortion. Be content with your pay. A feeling of expectancy had grown among the people who were beginning to think that John might be the Christ. So John declared before them all, I baptise you with water. But someone is coming, someone who is more powerful than I am, and I am not fit to undo the strap of his sandals. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn in a fire that will never go out. As well as this, there were many other things he said to exhort the people and to announce the good news to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the Gospel for today, Gaudete Sunday. Father Frank, have you got a few thoughts you might want to share with us, please? Yes, uh, uh, John. I think, you know, in relation to the uh, Gospel in particular, um, John, the John there obviously is John the Baptist, and he was an unusual character. He dressed strangely, we're told elsewhere in the Scriptures, that he wore a garment of camel hair, and his taste in food were strange as well. He ate, we're told, lo- locusts and wild honey. But perhaps his ch- strangest characteristic, John, was that he was attracted to living out in the desert. However, strange as he was, there was a kind of a magnetic quality to him. And, and he drew people out of Jerusalem into the desert, and that was an achievement I, you're in the Holy Land, John, I think, yeah, with us. Right. And uh, we see that's, uh, as I was going to say, a God-forsaken place, but uh, John brought him out there. But it's, uh, you know, it's a rough place, and um, people from Jerusalem wouldn't 
have any interest in going out there, but they heard about this character. And um, even though his message was very challenging, they, they went out and asked him what to do. And then he, you heard what he said there, if you have two tunings, you must give away one, and so forth. And, and, and just to explain the background there about tax collectors, for example. For the most part, John, tax collectors were corrupt people. Um, they worked for the Roman Empire. And the situation was, like, you're here in Arda, John, and, like, if I was a tax collector in Arda for the Roman Empire, supposing I had to collect, you know, 5,000 euro here in Arda, Mm. I had to pay that to the Roman Empire. Mm. And I was paid for collecting it. But if I collected 10,000 in Arda, I could keep 5,000 myself. And that was a common practice. So um, John has been very blunt with them, you know, there when he, when he tells them, uh, you know, what to do, exact no more, uh, the, you know, the one more than your race and so forth. He, and then the thing about the soldiers, the, some soldiers came up and uh, asked him in their turn, what about us? What must we do? Where the soldiers come into it, John, is the soldiers used to go out with the tax collectors and to kind of be at a little extra incentive to pay your taxes in case some people were slow coming up with the money. But, of course, they got into the, the fiddle as well and the game. So uh, John is aware of that, and he just tells them straight out, no intimidation, no extortion. Be happy with your pay. So the one thought that comes to me there, obviously, is there's this guy, John, out there now and, and preaching all this stuff. But these guys are all all on the take, you know, these guys have got a nice comfort. Why in heaven's name would they bother going out to the desert and listening to this guy? Yeah, well, it, it, that's it, I suppose, you know. Um, well, well, generally, first of all, with, the, with the, the, the Jewish people, there was a long period of expectation, 400 years almost, since there had been a prophet. Yeah. And there was that kind of a hunger, you see. Like, you know, as St. Augustine said, you know, about every human being, you've made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So there was probably some gnawing uh, uh, unhappiness or discomfort that knew there was something, voice tell them maybe, and maybe they were hoping to, to, to see, I don't know, maybe the spirit drew them out there. And actually, I mean, even the second paragraph, I know I'm cutting through there, sorry, but you know, but they, they were expecting them, maybe this is, maybe this is the Messiah, like, well, that's it. You see, there was this great expectation about the Messiah and um, and waiting, waiting a long time for it right through the Old Testament. If you go back there, you'll find, you know, prophecies about the coming Messiah. And um, and then John comes and God, he's interesting, like, and he's yeah. saying, and there's all kinds of people going out to him, you see, and some people said, I wonder is it possible that this is the Messiah, but of course he didn't want that either. No. Because no. John, John was a humble man. John wasn't interested in usurping the role of Jesus at all. His whole, his whole life, of course, was tied up very much from before their birth with the birth of Jesus and that, you know, because and Elizabeth. Yeah, and, because, yeah. yeah so it's, um, uh, no, he, he was very clear he is not the Christ. And he said, look, I'm baptizing you there with water. And, um, but this man will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, you know, a different level altogether, yes. you know. And the interesting thing is that these people that flocked out to him, they, they, a lot of them went for baptism and 
baptism, the, the message of John, mm-hmm. uh, the core message of John the Baptist was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And Christ used the same words yeah. much later yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. So repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And repentance is, uh, the Greek word for that is metanoia, and it means change your hearts, change your ways. So maybe your question about why did they go out, maybe yeah. there was something inside them that yeah. maybe yeah. They, they thought they weren't quite right in what they were doing, you know. But anyway, mm-hmm. we don't know, we speculate, but they were out there and um, they and a lot of them presented themselves for baptism, which was uh, a way of accepting uh, the forgiveness of God, mm-hmm. penance for our sin, for the mm-hmm. sins, you know, and baptism in our own baptism, you know, the, the wipes away original sin and so forth. But um, the but that yeah, that expectancy was was very strong, and he had quite a, he had quite a struggle uh, to to uh, persuade them that he wasn't, and uh, but but he he did he did succeed in that. The um, no, he used an interesting phrase there, John, about someone is coming after me, um, and. I am not fit to undo the strap of his sandals. Did you ever hear anyone saying, John, I'm not fit to lace his boots? If you're talking about a footballer yeah, 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 yeah. and you're saying, oh, he's a better player, and, oh, he's not even fit to lace his boots. Yeah, yeah. That actually comes from the scripture. Yeah, not fit to tie the strap of his sandals. And one of the things we've spoken a lot about at the Lexio Divina uh, on Monday nights, John, is is the amount of scripture that has made its way into our everyday language, you know. And that's another another example of it now from, from scripture. Now, the winnowing fan, then you see one of the things in the warm climate in, uh, in, in Palestine at the time was that they grew a lot of corn and crops and that, like, you know. And the, when I was young, it was the threshing machine to separate yeah. the, the wheat yeah. from the chaff. And uh, now they've combined harvests that all happens in the one movement. Mm-hmm. But at that time, they had a very uh, simple uh, way of doing it. They threw uh, a bundle of corn up in the air and, uh, and the, 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 the winnowing fan, w- w- they'd, they'd put it into that, toss it up in the air, yeah. and the corn, the ears of corn would, would come straight down, the grains of corn, yeah. but the chaff being light would blow away. So they were left with the corn down around them and the chaff all blown away. So that's uh, just to explain yeah. that again, you know. And So, yeah, they, and then uh, John, you know, he fires, I suppose, a typical John the Baptist shot there, you know, at the end about um, uh, the, and the chaff he will burn in a fire that will never go out, you know. So John shot from the hip, so to speak. Yeah, and uh, yeah. But he... Um, but he was, uh, he, he was given a task by the Lord. He was the precursor to prepare the way of the Lord. And he did it and he gave his life in the process, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, the, now, it, how do you apply this maybe then, John, you know, um, to, to, the, to your life, you know? And I think like what, is what we said earlier about listening uh, to the word of God, you know, and... Um, if you take any gospel and to see what am I to get out of this or how am I to relate it to my life, you must absolutely must listen and listen attentively. And that's why I'm always stressing to you, uh, John, in the, in the, 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 the Lexio Divina, that um, to, in the middle of this, after you do a bit about background, 
there's you and the text and the Holy Spirit to guide you. Relating it to your life, yeah. which is the the core part of, of the Lexio Divina and indeed of any listening uh, to the, the scripture. And we saw there when the tax collectors and the soldiers came to him, he, uh, the question he asked them was directed at what they do in their lives, like mm. take, collect taxes or, you know, uh, provide cover for the people collecting taxes or, or mm. whatever, security. But so his questions to us, if we were to go and say, what must I do? his question would be directed at what I do for my life. He, doesn't, he didn't say to them, I don't see you at the temple. Or, do you go to the temple? No. He didn't say that. He, he talks about their lives. And, and if you look at the, uh, at the kind of um, uh, the virtues and qualities that he encouraged, you're talking about care for the poor. If you, you know, if you two chonies, give one. Honesty, integrity, exercising your role with a sense of responsibility. And to be happy with what is your due and have a sense of service. You know, there's nothing there about they're going to the temple. That's not playing that down in any sense, but this is what this is what our gospel today is about. And uh, as I said earlier on, this is is Gaudete Sunday and Gaudete means rejoicing. And it it occurs every year uh, about halfway through. I was the third Sunday of Advent. And interestingly, in the, the, the middle of Lent, you have what they call Letare Sunday. That's Be Happy Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now, to explain that, Lent is an Advent, our penitential seasons. Like Lent, Advent is the time when we look at our lives and take stock and see what do I need to change, as we have been saying. And, uh, but... And therefore, it is kind of serious stuff, like looking, trying to pick the faults and to repent of them and drop any wrong things you're doing and so forth. It's it's tough going and uh, involves doing penance and so forth. But they they don't want us to get so tied up in that that we forget the joy of what Advent is about, at least to the joy of the coming of our Saviour, the birth of the Christ child. And uh, so they, in case we get too down in the dumps, you know, looking at our lives and worrying about all the wrong things we might be doing and that we need to change. But they said, look, to keep you going now as you struggle with that, don't forget there's great news at the end of this season of of Advent. And um, a strong Advent team as well, of course, is, is um, the Lord is very near. And, and that could be a way you'd... Uh, live with this text as well, John. Like, you could ask, you know, have I that sense that the Lord is near to me? Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's right there, you know, close to us all the time. Another way they put it in the, in the, in the scriptures is the Lord is in your midst. And if you looked, actually, if anyone has the full set of the readings and the psalm for today, they'll see that there um, all over the place. Um, a thing they'll notice too of about John the Baptist is his his direct and his honest and maybe you could say very much so. Yeah. You could nearly use the word blunt. Yes. Um that's his style. But and that might raise the question for us, John, you know, of somebody somebody you know mm. that has a habit of asking the direct question mm. or making the direct comment that unsettles us. 
but might be touching on a great truth. Yes. And John the Baptist with the soldiers and with the tax collectors, he was hit his finger right on the button. He, he went straight into the heart of what they were doing. And um, so this person that is very direct and maybe a bit blunt, but sometimes what they say is too true for us to listen to. And we might, we might even take that angle on that gospel and say, well, how do I cope? If I met someone as direct as John the Baptist and started putting his finger on what I'm doing wrong, how would I cope for it? How would you react? And what about if it's true? Yes, there's, there's the catch. Yeah, there's yeah. the catch. Just, so it's, um, is this what Lexia Divina is all about? Isn't that right? You know? it, 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 Lexia Divina, you yes. know, it, it's about it's about what's going on in our lives and looking at our lives. I saw it put one time, John, uh, looking at our lives under the scrutiny of the Word of God. Mm. Whatever your particular passage, the gospel for a particular day is. And you say, well, I let the light of that gospel now shine over my life yeah. and see what mm-hmm. does it show up. Yeah. Yeah. When things are in the dark are very poor light, you don't see a lot of the faults. But if you have a good bright light shining on them, you see everything. You know, and, uh, <laughs> and it's a bit like that. Letting the, the gospel of the particular Sunday speak to me. Uh, to me, myself, not to someone else out there or that person in that pew up there. To me, what is the gospel saying to me? And, but if we, it's back to what you said earlier, John, we must be listening. Well, listening, and, and, listening, and be listening. open, you know. I, I mean, Oh, open to the direction it'll take you. Any yeah, of those yeah. things that John said there, you know, I mean, when I share my, my second coat, I mean, I'm sure we've all got more, one or two or three or four coats, and maybe too many coats that we, don't even, right, yeah. that we don't even have place to hang them all, oh, yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. What he's saying is, listen, do you really need those? And what about the guy who's got mm. nothing? Oh, yeah, that's it. And, and, and what's our reaction to that? And forget the tax collector. Yes. We, that's only an illustrator what he's talking that's about. That's right. Uh, Come on now to Frank uh, Duhigg or John Keighley and say, what, what's he saying? Uh, to, what would he be saying to me now? Uh, if I was in the queue for John the Baptist so he could ask his few questions, mm-hmm. what, if I went up and asked him, what must I do? I'm sure he'd have things to say, to say that would unsettle me. And I'm sure if we thought about it long enough, you know, what, even short of, even, if, even for a while, and, and maybe ask the Holy Spirit to show us, sometimes throughout that day or throughout that week, that following week, yeah. we might reflect back to that gospel. That's another angle of Lexia Divina, like that we yeah. take it away with us. And you know, a good thing to do, John, that if anybody listening to this today, and if there's any little bit of that gospel or any comment we made, that speaks to them. Forget the rest of it. Yes. You don't have to take the full story of this gospel today. Mm. Take that little piece of scripture yeah. that something has spoke yeah. to. Take it away and, to use an expression, chew the cud on it. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you know, reflect on it. You know, let it sink in. You know, see it as a seed that, that, that God is trying to sow in your heart at this time mm. so that it can change you from the inside. The change... The change that that Advent invites us to, to make and that John the Baptist invites us to make mm. when he said repent, the change must come from the inside. We all know that window dressing doesn't work. No. God doesn't isn't fooled by window dressing. The other thing that you, that you kept on uh, reminding us of uh, at Lecture Divina is to reread the passage. We can't just Many read times. it. We can't just read it once. Oh no. I think we know it all. No, quite a number of times. And to read it again even during the week, you know. Yeah. You know, that's why I picked Monday nights for our Lexio, you know, mm-hmm. is that we've the whole week to reflect on the gospel for the following Sunday, you know. But I'd be very strong about 
if there's any little word or phrase that anger came up here now in our conversation that um, uh, that rings a bell with us, yeah. I would say leave the rest of the passage aside now. Don't be trying to remember the whole thing. Just go after that and live with that and think about it during the week. And when you get a quiet moment, be tossing it around. And that seed, that word of God yeah. is a seed, mm. is gradually getting sown into your heart. And... God sees the results. It might just follow through and it probably does link in very much with what you spoke about in the first part about listening to the word of God. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> that's what it was. If there's one phrase to to sum up yes. what we've been talking about mm-hmm. today, John, it's that it's listening to the word of God. Listening, listening, listening. Um, I came across a nice little... Um, uh, uh, thing you know, you, we're talking a lot about our our uh, you know, faith journey and so forth. And um, I came in across a nice little quote from Bishop Martin Drennan. Uh, he's the retired Bishop of, of Galway, and um, and this is what he says. And you know, I think people will, will will get the point. It's only just a few lines. Mm. If you want to build a ship, don't ask people to find the timber and prepare the necessary tools. Don't assign tasks and don't organize the work. The first thing to do is to reawaken in people the longing for distant and boundless seas. As soon as they feel this thirst for the sea once again, they will immediately start building the ship. The massive point in that, isn't it? And that's it's, it's tied in with what we said earlier, like, you know, where are you going? What's your destination? And if you yes. want to get there, you'll, you'll, you'll cross all kinds of barriers and surmount all kinds of challenges. And that. So I thought it was a nice little quote. Um, it's, he was quoting, actually, Bishop Drennan was quoting from a, a French guy whose name I can't uh, uh, pronounce, so we'll uh, leave yeah. it. That's all right. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> you can look it up yourself, guys. Yeah. Listen, Father Frank, thanks a lot indeed for staying with us now for this... Um, for this Gaudete Sunday, for, for the Gaudete, that yeah. you gave us both uh, that beautiful reflection and Advent, and also broke open the Word of God. And I'd say all of us can take something away from that. As Father Frank said, we don't need to know every single syllable of that Gospel, but listen to what the Word of God wants to say to us, mm-hmm. to Father Frank, to John, to Mary, whoever it is. Thanks again, listeners, for yeah. staying with us. Um, again, we'll go out with our final piece of music today. And this is all about waiting for Emmanuel to come. So we'll play uh, this beautiful piece of music as, as we leave the, the podcast today. Oh, come and come, Emmanuel. And this is by King's College Cambridge. So from Father Frank, myself uh, and uh, Shane, thanks a lot for joining us today. Join us again next week where we'll do it again uh, and break up in the Word of God and have another guest to join us. In the meantime, enjoy the week. God bless for now. Bye. Thanks, John.